You're listening to episode 41 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhard. Welcome back to The Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Guys and girls, I'm super excited to be talking with my guest today. This guy is a definition of a true entrepreneur. After building a large client base and a $90,000 a year income as being a stockbroker, He had the terrible misfortune of being involved in a horrific motorcycle accident, putting him in a situation where he lost everything. With his true entrepreneurial spirit of pick yourself up and dust yourself off belief, he then built himself back up in the real estate industry to only lose it all again after the real estate market crashed. Except this time, he lost more than money. His marriage fell apart, he ended up losing his first house, and his health as well. If this was not enough to beat a person down to his knees and give up on life, he then loses his father who was only 54 years old, a father who was also his best friend and his best mentor. With this never-give-up attitude and his unbroken entrepreneurial spirit, this maverick discovered affiliate marketing in winter of 2003 and started promoting a travel blog as an affiliate. Taking his new knowledge, he leveraged it into generating leads for his real estate brokerage company in Boston. But his hardship is no stranger to this guy. He found himself right in the middle of the 2008 market crash. While he was losing all of his properties, he quickly learned about REOs, BPOs, and short sales. Taking this knowledge, he created and launched a course called the REO Kit, which has been responsible for helping thousands of real estate agents across the country stay in the real estate game, and keep their business going. Fast forward to today, and he's built an impressive business resume that puts him in the top of the marketing world. He has 22 years of being an entrepreneur, which includes being a speaker, information and software publisher, teacher, mentor, blogger, and internet entrepreneur whose internet business ventures have generated millions in revenue. He's built and sold several companies and brands, But what I think is more impressive is that he's dedicated to empowering like-minded individuals and entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams so he too can continue to grow through masterminding with like-minded entrepreneurs. He's also one of the few good guys in this crazy world of online marketing who cares about helping others and providing a ton of value. And I can say that because I have bought his programs and I'm currently being coached by him. And I'm also happy to call him a friend. Please welcome Anthony Aries to the show. Brother, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm I'm uh, blushing because <laughs> I think that's one of the best bios I've ever heard anybody ever say of me. So it's super awesome to hear all those things coming from you and uh, hearing that, you know, because when you're like in the thick of losing everything and, you know, you're on the ledge... And uh, you you don't know what's gonna happen years later. It's wild to hear about all that. And sometimes I still get choked up when I you know talk about these things that happen to me. But it's wild to hear all that and how I made it through. And uh, here I am today. It's kind of crazy. 
It's awesome, man. You got, you should be proud of yourself. You've done a lot of good stuff. So like I said, Thanks, you're one dude. of the good guys in this, in this crazy little industry here, you know? It's tough because you never know, like when you're going through the gauntlet, you don't know, like if you're doing the right thing, if you're not doing the right thing, why is this happening to me? All I'm trying to do is, you know, be a good provider, get by, contribute to society, pay my taxes and you know, you're making these decisions. You don't know if you're making the right decisions. It's like scary. And you also think it's like the worst thing that could possibly be happening to you and you're never going to get out of it. But then the years go by, the actions that you take turn into results and consequences. And then you look back and you're like, some of those moments were the best moments of my life. Some of those moments defined who I am today, but you just didn't see it because you were going through the gauntlet, you know, it's kind of wild. Yeah, you were in the thick of it, so it's hard to you can't see it. You know, you're right no, there until later when you look back at it, and then you can find out, wow, man, I did survive through that. Yeah, you can't. You're on the ledge, man. You're like, what am I doing? Is this the right decision? It, like, it's crazy. It's like, um, it's also very depressing and negative to deal with a lot of loss, especially when it happens all at once. The 2000, 2007, 2008. 2009 were really hard years for me because not it wasn't just financial loss and loss of material stuff, but it was also loss of loved ones, my dad and my niece. So it was like really hard to just deal with all that and my wife too and my dog. And it's just like, Jesus, is 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 this going to keep happening? <laughs> and yeah. You don't know how to pull out of it, but you just have to, you know, for anyone listening who's going through some really tough times, perhaps right now in your life, you just have to have faith and you have to execute um, and and trust in your gut, um, and and uh, and and just go because it's better to do that than to sit around doing nothing and let decisions and circumstances take over your life. Absolutely no, I I can relate to you because I've had two bankruptcies myself. I've gone through. Um, had a marriage that yep. fell apart. So yep. I've been there, brother. I know it's, uh, it's, it's rough, tough. <laughs> it, it is, man. And you're trying to, like you said, you're still, you know, I had three kids at the time that were young. My youngest one was probably maybe a year and a half all the way up to like a four-year-old. Um, so all of a sudden you're a single dad, you're trying to work, you're, you're taking on extra jobs to make the family, but then you're dealing with the, you know, the the for me it was like the mental thing of just, getting down on myself with the bankruptcy and feeling that, you know, you didn't do what you should have. And, yeah. you know, it's just a lot of mental anguish, but yeah, so I understand. And it's, but it's something you need to to persevere and push through. You have to, like I said, what's the alternative? Do nothing and let the decisions and the circumstances take over. I don't think so. Um, no one's controlling me except me. <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's a great message right there. Everybody needs to know is you need to be in control. It's you're, you're the person. Now you grew up in an entrepreneurial parents, right? Both of them were. I did. Um, just your- I did. I did. Um, my, uh, well, my parents, they, they moved here from Portugal in the early seventies and my dad, um, he, uh, he didn't really have like, he spoke English, but he did he wasn't, he didn't have an education from here. So he got a gig as a, um, uh, uh, a farmer milking cows out in California at a ranch. He did that for a little while. Then he got a gig as a janitor at Hewlett Packard. And then they paid for him to go to um, school at night. Uh, and he went and got his engineering degree, 
uh, while he was a janitor over there. Then he ended up moving into like running a, a division in their medical uh, manufacturing, uh, the medical manufacturing division. And he did that for a while. I think it was 10 years or maybe even 15 years. And then he decided to start, he decided to cash in hit all of his stocks and, uh, he decided to start an office supply store. So this is like 1986, I think. And it was called, a, it was a franchise. It was called Office Land. And it had a cool tagline. It was from paper clips to microchips. Oh, and wow. <laughs> back in, this is 86. So like, if you had like a computer that was like a 386 with like 40 megabytes, a hard drive was a huge deal. It was like, super powerful (laughs) and so like computers were still new networking you know computers was kind of still new and you know networking them in in an office with other computers and stuff so like part of what he did was he sold office supplies but they also set up uh, small networks within small companies and sold computers and stuff and um, he did pretty good with it but what ended up happening was there's a pretty big recession back then And he had a lot of accounts, receivable accounts, where, you know, he sold stuff on credit, which is what everybody does in that kind of business. Um, And a lot of the businesses that owed him money went out of business, and then he was not able to pay his bills, and then he went out of business. And it was pretty crazy as a kid. uh, You know, we were really secure growing up when he was at Hewlett-Packard. Everything was fine. And then this, like, starting the business like turned our whole life upside down as a family it was pretty crazy we were literally a few weeks away from getting kicked out of the house and going into foreclosure and he couldn't get his job back at hewlett packard he'd been gone for too long and they weren't going to take him back anyways and he couldn't get a job in uh, medical manufacturing uh just because it was a recession at that time there's really nobody hiring and again he was a couple years out of the game so they didn't they didn't uh they didn't want they didn't want him and so he put his tail between his uh, he, he put his tail between his legs, and he went and got a job at a Dunkin' Donuts as a uh, as a manager as a store manager, which you know kind of sucked for him. I think I don't think he really was happy about it because it was kind of like going backwards in life. But it was either that or lose the house. And uh, my wife, my 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 mom didn't really help him that much in the store, the office supply store. She had a job at. Uh, working in the city, in city government. So, but she didn't get paid a lot. So it wasn't enough to like sustain their expenses and keep things rolling. So he had no choice. He had to, um, he had to uh, get a gig at at, at Dunkin' Donuts. And, um, and, And it ended up being a blessing in disguise because of his managerial experience at Hewlett Packard. He was able to like turn this Dunkin' Donuts around and then he was able to like help the guy that owned the store who owned a bunch of Dunkin' Donuts help him with other stuff in his other stores and they became like more profitable than they were and more efficient. And so he got recognized by Dunkin' Donuts corporate, uh, Two and so an opportunity had come up for him to launch his own Dunkin' Donuts in Florida, which was at the time a growing market. So this is like, this is like he did this for almost ten years, where he was a store manager uh, for someone else, and then the opportunity came up in 1996 for him to get his own Dunkin' Donuts in Florida, which he took advantage of, and then I moved down here to help him get that store off the ground. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
I guess you could say I grew up in an entrepreneur family. Yeah. I mean, somewhat, you know, like it was, it was, um, when it was the most, uh, influential in my life, I was a teenager. He was an entrepreneurial. So, and, and I saw how he reacted to, you know, the loss and I saw that he didn't give up, uh, even though he didn't want to do something, even though he, he, he had to do something he didn't want to do, he still did it. And, you know, it just made me realize that there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have to do stuff you don't want to do, but you got to do it. You know, you got to keep the lights on. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You got to do whatever it takes. Like you said, sure. when you go through those hardships. Yep. So that's cool. I mean, you really, I mean, you learned some lessons. You were at a good age where you could actually appreciate it instead of being like a young child, you know? Yes. You were at the point where you could say, wow, really respect what your dad was doing. And and I'm sure that's helped you in your business, in your career, because yeah, it I mean, hasn't um, probably all been smooth sailing. Yes. Yes. Because I would, after school, I would help him with delivering, like doing deliveries of office supplies. And it's kind of how I got into computers. Um, the internet hadn't, hadn't really come out yet back then. It's still early, but I, I had gotten into computers and I knew how to like run an MS-DOS machine and commands and visual basic and all that stuff. It was because of what he had going on at that store. And I helped him all the time, you know, I was always over there helping him. So I became, I was a very much a part of the business. So it was sad to see it, you know, fall apart on him and there was nothing he could do about it. And it kind of sucked. But, um, it, it was also like a blessing in disguise for him because he realized that after that, that he didn't want to do any more. Like if he wanted to still be a business owner, but he didn't want to have a business that was an accounts receivable business. And he wanted to have like a cash business, you know? And right. and and he got into the Dunkin' Donuts thing, and it ended up being really good for them. I mean, they ended up building a nice, they had a nice little comeback. They ended up with two stores and uh, a ton of real estate that they owned that they bought from the stores. And so, wow, I mean, so it worked out it a, well then. Yeah, it was a big comeback for him for sure. Nice, nice. Now I heard you say in uh, um, I don't know if it was an interview, one of your your. Uh, videos or something. You talked about when you were in your early twenties, when you got into that motorcycle accident, yeah, and lost your job, you said yep. you went to your parents and said, Hey, you know, I need help. I'm down. And I, out do. now. Yep. I lost my job. And they said, figure it out yourself, buddy. Yeah. What did you we learn you from to, that experience? We, we told you not to buy the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. But what did you learn from that? I mean, I'm sure you, you had to reflect and look back at it at the time you weren't I was pissed at them. Yeah, I was super mad at them. I was like, "What? Why are you doing this to me?" And I didn't understand it, you know. But now it was like one of the greatest things that ever happened to me because it really taught me how to just claw my way out of a bad situation, you know. Um, I mean, I didn't claw my way out of the situation right away. I definitely retreated for a little bit and I decided to go back to school because I was only like a few credits away from being done with my degree. It took me like 14 years to get my college degree because I like, I switched when my dad started the store in Florida, I was like a quarter away from being done at Northeastern University in Boston. And I just, I don't know, I wanted to come down and help him. And I was having some issues with a girl I was dating in Boston at the time. I was in my 20s. I mean, you know how that goes in your 20s oh, yeah. when you're dating. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, you know what? I need to get away from here. And so I was like, I want to take a break from school, help him out. He really needs help right now. And I need to get away from here. This girl is not good for me. And uh, not that she was a bad person. It's just, just, I just, it just wasn't a good situation. You know, I just, I, I need to get out of here. I need something different. So I went down. And then w- when I went down to Florida from Boston, I just, 
I never went back to finish the, the, the quarter. And so I don't know. I didn't want to go back when the motorcycle thing went down. I didn't want to go back to Boston, but I wanted to finish my degree. And so I looked at getting all my credits transferred to Stetson University, which was near where I lived at the time, near where their Dunkin' Donuts store and stuff was. And I said, you know, I'm just going to do this right now and I'm going to kind of just retreat and figure out what the heck is my next move. And so I kind of just put like making money and life on hold for a little bit took out a bunch of college loans so that I could finish school, um, which it sucked because I ended up losing a lot of time because of the transfer of credits and stuff. And Northeastern is on a quarter system and uh, Stetson was on a, sem- a, a semester system and it kind of screwed me. It ended up costing me a lot more money. I, sh- I should have just gone back to Boston and finished. It would have been a lot faster, but I did it, you know, and, and whatever hindsight's twenty twenty, but that's what I kind of did. I kind of just, uh, I was really upset at them. I didn't understand why they did that to me. I didn't get it. I was like, it would not have been a big deal for them to just help me out. I didn't want the money for free. I told them I'd pay them back, but they, I think they really wanted me to learn a lesson. Like, you know, we are wiser than you. We told you not to do this. And, uh, and so therefore, you know, I learned the lesson and it, it was a good thing. Like I said, I learned how to claw my way out of that situation and how to handle all those things that happened to me at that time. And look at you had to fall back on that strength throughout your career. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, with all exactly. the situations. So it's been awesome. Now, when you were starting out into the internet marketing, Anthony, and you were starting to like create products and different things like that, some people mention what they get is, you know, that imposter syndrome. Did you ever feel that like, Man, do I really know this enough to be teaching this? Did you ever oh, yeah. go through any of that? For How sure. did you overcome that? Um, it's a good question. I think I think because my back was up against the wall, I I uh, it was so like it was either not do it because of that worrying about what people were gonna think, or not doing it because and or not doing it and then ending up on the street <laughs> you know without without making money um so it was like back up against the wall gun to the head kind of thing you know right and i also knew in my heart of hearts that like i had good information that people needed that nobody really knew about back then and um I knew that I wasn't the only one going through what I was going through at that time. So um, it was also that too, that was like, you know what, if, if, if there's not a lot of info on this and people need this and I know a lot about it because of my experience, then I know enough to let people know about it is because I didn't know about it and I've been doing real estate for, for five years because I wasn't, we weren't in a foreclosure market when I got into real estate, we were in a booming market and I didn't want to deal with anybody who was looking for foreclosures or investment property. I didn't have to, people were like looking for luxury property and that's what we focused on. So, you know, from 2002 to 2007, I had never heard of a BPO or a short sale. I didn't know what the heck that was. I had heard of an REO, but I never really like, looked in depth into what it was until it like happened to me and I had to do it and I had to figure out what it was. And, and then the whole process of learning how to deal with BPOs and short sales and REOs and how to become an agent with the banks to sell their foreclosures. When all that stuff came up, 
through my foreclosures, it was like, you know, uh, I know that there's not a lot of people that know about this because I didn't know about it. So it, I, I think that that also helped me push it out. But really, it, it, the big factor, Brian, was I had a gun to the head and my back was up against the wall. And I knew that I had knowledge, enough knowledge that people needed that I had to get out. I think what you said there, Anthony, is so important. I've been, you know, through different interviews and stuff I've been doing, a lot of people always want to, how do you, how do you overcome fear? You know, that's one of their big things. Oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. How do you overcome fear? And I don't think people ever overcome fear. I think you deal with fear. You manage fear. And what I found out with a lot of these people is instead of having fear hold them back from taking action or doing something, they did what you did. It was kind of the gun to the head, back against the wall. I don't want to be living on the street. And they used the fear of what they would lose by not taking action, if you know what I'm saying. And they use that to propel them forward instead of using fear to hold them back. Yeah. So I think that what you said is key there. And I hope people listen to what Anthony said. It's such a key thing is For sure. you're never going to get rid of fear. You're going to have to deal with it, but you can use it to propel you instead of holding you back. Key point, man. Key point. Redirect the energy. Redirect it. Instead of focusing, instead of having it paralyze you, use it to propel you. That's a huge key point that you just said right there, dude. Now, this is one of the things I talk about with my buddy all the time too, negative self-talk. And we all have that that old chatter, that monkey mind going on, you know? I still do. Yeah, I, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. With all your experience in here and all the businesses and, and multi-million dollars and selling stuff and brands, you still get it. And that's another thing as far as like with fear is you never get rid of it. So I kind of think of it like mind judo, you know, judo where you take the other person's energy and you do a lot of flipping. It's not like an aggressive type of of martial arts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's like with the mind is you don't get rid of the negative chatter, but you use it, redirect the energy like you said. So we always talk about sometimes you're pumped, you come up with an idea and I know you've had many of them. You get excited, you go to bed, you're like ready to tear it up the next day and start on an idea. You wake up eight hours later and then you start having these negative thoughts and you start doubting yourself and you're like, what the hell happened, man? I went to bed for eight hours. Nothing has changed. And all of a sudden now I'm doubting myself. How do you how do you deal with that? What type of strategies or what type of mindset do you have to overcome the negative self-talk and to keep yourself going forward? Um, I do something. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume, but I shouldn't assume because every time I do, I make an ass out of myself. <laughs> Uh, there, there's a great book written by a guy named Napoleon Hill in the 1930s. It's called Think and Grow Rich. And that book was commissioned by um, Andrew, Andrew Carnegie. Carnegie. Yeah. Andrew Carnegie, yep, who was a steel tycoon. Today would be worth $500 billion, uh, the value. Crazy. Yeah, that's how much he'd be worth today based on you know the value of what he was worth back then. Anyways, when he, he said, listen, I, I want to figure out like all these – the richest people in the world. I want you to go and interview them and figure out what – these are all self-made people. What, why did they become – what was it about them that helped them become as successful as they are? So it took Napoleon Hill something like 10 years. He interviewed 500 self-made millionaires. And, and uh, real quick, to make a long story short, they discovered that there was like 13 common principles amongst all these 500 millionaires. And the first principle is desire. And there are 
like six steps to creating desire. The first step is having a very specific, um, um, uh, and we're talking in a financial sense. This can be used for a relate like relationship, like what you specifically want out of a relationship. Or in this case, you know, the book is Think and Grow Rich, so it's about money. So step one in creating desire is you know a very specific amount, not like I want to make a million dollars. You know, it needs to be like a very very specific amount, like like. How much do you want to make and why do you want to make that much amount? So, And why do you want to make that amount? And so how you do that exercise is literally you write down every single thing that you want to own in your life and don't like hold back like everything, like all the cars you want, the houses, the properties, the the, the clothes, the training, the travel, everything that you want. Dream and then big, like, right? Yeah. What, what, what you'll end up finding out is that like – Oh, uh, it's kind of crazy when I did this exercise. It's it it's not going to cost you as much as you think it is. So for me, it's like everything that I want is like, uh, it's something like it was ten million a, a, a year or so ago, but it's changed now. It's a little bit more now, but like <laughs> it was it was around ten million the first time I did the exercise, right? So the reason I'm bringing up the ten million is because the first time you do the exercise, it's going to be uh, a, a a lot smaller than you think it is to get everything that you want that you could ever imagine, you know, like unlimited travel, uh, the cars, all that stuff. So what's crazy about that is then if you like break down how you get to ten million. You know, you break it down, uh, like how many years you want to give yourself to do it, and then how many days, and then how many hours and stuff, and you realize it, it, it it's it's not as hard as you would think it would be to to uh, to, to 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 do that at an hourly uh, level. But you have to be very exact about it, right? And so you don't want to just say, "I want to make a million bucks." Like the reason you you want to tie in all those things, the cars, the travel, because all those things generate emotions. Right when you think about those things, right. and it's the emotions that like create the driving force, right? So if you just like, oh, I want to make a million bucks, there's really no emotion behind that. But I want to make ten million dollars because I want a 1989 25th anniversary Lamborghini Countach. I want a Magnum PI 308 Ferrari GTI. You know, I want a 1987 911 930 Turbo, and then like imagine yourself with those cars in those cars smelling those cars driving those cars for me it's cars i'm a big car guy i love cars so like you know and then the travel you know like i want to travel in a private jet well what would that feel like you know like going to the airport that's an executive airport and jumping into a, your own private jet and telling the pilot where you want to go and like those are the emotions that like drive you to achieve what you want to achieve. So it's very important when you use that number that you're tying it to the things that you want and then what the emotion that those things are going to give you. The freedom too, right? Freedom is a big deal. Like the freedom to do what you want with who you want when you want, you know, uh, where you want is huge, right? So think about how awesome that would be to be able to do that all the time and or whenever you want, right? So that's why you want to be very specific about your numbers. So that's step one. Step two is a date. You have to announce a date. Like you can't just like leave it open-ended. You have to be like, I'm going to do this by this date, you know? Um, and then step three is what are you going to provide for value in exchange for the money? Money's just not going to just show up. You're just not going to like sit down and it's just going to fall from the skies. You have to provide value to get that money. So what are you going to provide? Is it going to be a product? Is it going to be a service? You know, you have to kind of like figure that out. Step four is to create a plan to deploy your value proposition. Um, uh, and, um, and so that's like, uh, your, um, it's kind of like 
you know, how are you going to, how are you going to do this? You know, how are you going to put value? How are you going to achieve the money by such and such a time? You know, so that's like step four, right? And then, um, so you kind of like plan it out. And then step five is you write down the plan. So you, there is like something magical that happens when it's like brain to paper, right? Like having it swim around in your head is no bueno. It, It doesn't serve your head right. It doesn't serve you right. You really have to get it down on paper, it has to be put down on paper. And um, there's just a, a mind, mental senses connection. Like you're you're writing it down. You're looking at it. You're, so you're, you're using your vision as a sense, using your touch as a sense because you're writing it down. And then – so that's the, the fifth step. And then the sixth step is getting up as every day saying it when you get up in the morning and before you go to bed, you have that next to you. It's your statement of intent and you say it out loud every single day. So that uses the sense of, of, of audio, right? And you're also re uh, hooking, you're re engaging visual again, you're re you're re engaging touching because you're touching your statement of intent. So you're using your senses, which just kind of brings you to the present moment of why you're doing what you're doing. And so I used to do this uh, – I, I do this every day, but I used to only do that statement of intent like once in a, once in a while, like maybe every quarter or something. Or if I, hit, if I hit goals, I would like remove them. I would only remove them when I hit the goals, right? And so I learned from good old Uncle G, Grant Cardone. Love the dude. Love you, Grant, if oh, you're yeah. listening to this. Dude, you're my like rock star. You're, I, I love the guy. He's an amazing mentor. Amazing guy to listen to. Amazing inspiration. He inspires me a ton. And he does the same thing, but he does it every day. He writes down every single day. He calls it feeding his future. And I learned this from him. And so that's what we do now is I've got like notebooks everywhere. And they're like scatterbrain, man. They're like crazy people notebooks. Like if you were to like come to my house and you see – like I know the cleaning lady when she comes to our house, she's like, what is up with all these notebooks that are everywhere? And You're it's like me, just, buddy. Same thing, man. I'm just writing them down. I'm going to write them down every day, like every day. Instead of waiting to change the statement of intent um, until I uh, – instead of like doing it like we were doing it like – when we hit a goal or every quarter, I'm just doing it every day, man. Like if I see something I want, I go and I write it down and I write down a bunch of stuff that I want and I write down what I want to do, like why I want to do it. Uh, I'm just writing it down and I'm like getting out of, I'm getting the negativity out of my head and I'm getting it on paper. So like another thing that I do too, is if I do have something negative that comes up uh, or like, I can't do it. Like you said, like you believed you could do it. Right. And then you went to bed and you woke up and now you believe you can't do it. There's all this insecurity around what you thought you could do. So then what you need to do is like literally like – and I know this sounds so ass backwards, the writing it down because, you know, we're in a world of typing. And I have a hard time writing because I type – I have amazing – I used to have amazing penmanship. But once I started typing, I type so fast. I'm a really good typer. And um, I, I have a hard time writing and I can't print. I have to like – to penmanship because it's too slow if I try to print and I go crazy because my writing looks like chicken scratches and it's, it's like a doctor's writing huh yeah because I can't write as fast as I'm thinking so it drives right. me nuts and it's like so ass backwards it's so like circa 1980 but there is something magical that happens when you write shit down I can't explain it no you it's have true. To- they've done studies on it bud where the brain connection between writing and that's why they're saying these students are going to be losing it because they're not teaching cursive and handwriting in class yeah. anymore. You have to do it. It's like um, 
and it doesn't need to be organized. Just keep like um little like little pads around your house and. If you see something on TV that you want, go write it down. Oh, we were talking about the negativity. So yeah, if the, if it, if it, if something comes up where I'm like, I can't do this now, like, and that happens all the time. I'm, I, I go through that all the time. We all go through that. I, I saw it clearly, but now I don't. So what I do then is I just literally, I, I go and I write down, okay, why am I thinking that I can't do this? So I'll write down why I can't do this. Okay, then I'll go, okay, who do I know that did this or is doing something like what I want to do? So then I'll go and find them on the internet and I'll write their names down. Okay, so these people are doing what I want to do. Okay, so how are they doing it, right? So then I go and I'll research the people and I'll look at how they're doing it. And then I'll like write all that down. So they're doing this, they're doing that, they're using social media, they're doing paid ads, they have this kind of product, their price points are here, you know, and it's like, then I just start to remove the negativity and I start to validate that what I can do can be done because someone else is doing it. Not that I'm going to go copy that person, but... If they're doing it and they have proven that they're successful doing it and there's proof of the success and I know that it works, I just need to, you know, study what they're doing and break it down and write down my plan and then and then I'll I'll just do that. And it kind of becomes part of the feeding the future because I'm constantly like writing down like today I, I did the same thing. Like I, I wrote down on my desk all the things that I needed to do today. And I I, uh, I also have it on Trello, all the things that I need to do today, because sometimes I have my phone with me and it's easy for me to just like, I don't have a pen and a paper, so I'll just put it into my Trello. Uh, But I still write it down and I know it may seem redundant, but it's like writing it down. It just helps me get refocused and it just like eliminates all the crazy shit that's going on in my head, the open loops and stuff. And it just gets them down on paper and it allows me. So I feed the future with what I want to do and the things that I want and why I'm doing them. Like, you know, it isn't always just to achieve the cars and the stuff. There's tremendous amount of fulfillment that comes with like connecting with you as an example and seeing the successes that you're having and you're going to have. There's a tremendous amount of fulfillment that comes from that, that stuff just doesn't bring. Uh, but I love stuff too, right? It's not that I don't love the stuff. I love having stuff. It's exciting to get new toys. Oh um, yeah, you know. But it, it, I, I, I also, you know, write down why I'm, why I want what I want, and why I'm doing what I'm doing, and um, it's just that helps you get rid of the negativity. And then when it comes to like, you start to question, well, how the heck am I going to do this? Like, I got big plans, man. Like, my goal is to get to a million a month, and then after I get to that it's going to be to level up, right? Like I know that that's just how I think because I know that once I broke the seven figure a year mark, I'm like, all right, well, how do I get to the to the eight figure a year mark, right? And then I know that once I get to the eight figure a year mark, how am I going to get to the hecta, hecta figure? You know, how am I going to get to the becoming a hecta millionaire? Um, and so I'm not worried about the hecta millionaire stuff right now. Really, my goal is to try to get to the eight figure a year mark. And so I'm just constantly writing down like, how I'm going to do it. And then if I start to question and become insecure about it, I'll just go and break it down, man. I'll go and see, you know, who's doing what I want to do and how they're doing it and what struggles they may have had and find out what struggles may be public that they had. No, because it's all out there. Yeah, exactly. Most people are pretty vocal about it. Most people that are really successful are, are 
I, I, I believe they're vocal about their success. Some, some people are, are, in, are egomaniacs, but some people are egomaniacs, but they also want to like help people. And then there are people that really aren't really egomaniacs, but they just like putting the information out because they want to like share and help other people. That's like one of the six basic human needs is helping fellow man. And a lot of people that are in a scarcity mindset and are poor don't understand why does this person want to help me? Obviously, it's to make money, uh, of course, but there's also an additional bonus which is the self-fulfillment uh, that comes from helping someone else too. And, you know, you have to have skin in the game. Anybody who is broke right now and is like, you know, well, if you're so rich and you want to help and you want to help, why don't you do it for free? You got to have skin in the game. And even there's a passage in the Bible that says that uh, man doesn't value what he gets for free. Yep, I don't know what that passage is, but I know it's someone just referred to it the other day. It's some sort of a psalm or something. You can't, like, if you don't have skin in the game, you're not going to get your your ass off the ground and do shit. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's, you're not going to take action. It's amazing, though. You could have the same quality information for free that people could take and run with, but they won't do it. They won't do it until they buy it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. But, yeah, it's so true when people say that. If they say, well, why don't you give it away free? You know, I've uh, done that. It, it doesn't sounds work. like you're not serious. <laughs> What's that? I've done that. It doesn't work. Yeah. It, well, yeah, you've tested. You've you've been doing this game a long time. You know. Yeah, so, One thing that you – I saw a video, and I love this video, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, a link to it. Uh, it was two words Navy SEALs live by for success video. You did January of this year at the beginning, and you talked about the most important secrets and stuff. Great video, guys. You're going to have to watch it because what Anthony's been sharing right here, he talks about some of the stuff in there and the six steps and everything, so you can go through, listen to this interview again, go watch this video. But he, this is someone who's successful, people. This guy has done millions online. It, and you could say, oh, I've heard this before. Well, you may have heard it, but you're not doing it. Anthony is doing it, and that's why he is creating success for himself. So when you hear a successful person like Anthony share this stuff, take heart and do it. This is what is getting him to reach his goals. And he's talking some big numbers here, guys. You might not even be in his field yet. But this could help you to get your first thousand online, to quit your job, to make the first hundred K, whatever it is, change the number for you. You don't have to go as big as Anthony yet, but this is how he's getting to these goals. So you need to take heed. Now, one of the things I want to bring up here is with that video, you mentioned an exercise that you and your wife do called making up money exercise. Share that with everybody because I love what you talk about it and, and the results on it where you just share it, man, the story. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Uh, one of the things that's really important too, before I get into that, is um, methods and tactics and strategies are awesome, but they don't work without the right mindset. And um, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. I hate to tell you that. <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> there, there is no like zero to hero. And if it happens, it's because it's a unicorn situation um, and it's rare. And usually those people, they can never replicate their success again and they go into all kinds of weird downward spirals because they don't understand how what happened to them happened to them. And they don't know how to handle getting their teeth kicked in like we do. People that are out there, you know, that, that fail and fail and fail. And listen- What does Mike Tyson say? You know that Mike Tyson quote? Well, what is it? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and- and um, and listen, there is no failure if you don't quit. The only, you only fail when you quit. Like all that failure that happens is really only lessons. There are no failures. There are only lessons. They just—it's all data that you can use to course correct. 
Um, and so the, you got to have the right mindset, you know, and that, it's really important that, the, you know, you guys and girls listen to what Brian's got going on here with this and you stay tuned into what Brian's got going on and you listen to this podcast and you listen to all the thought leaders that he's bringing on here. You're, and I guarantee you, if you pay attention, the majority of the commonality of what you're going to find is that the majority of people have the right mindset and then they deploy the tactics and the methods and the strategies and having the right mindset is not hard. It, it's essentially you got to have desire. You got to have faith. You got to have persistence. You got to be good at making decisions. You got to think outside the box. You can't quit. You cannot quit. Um, you got to, you know, feed your future. Like I told you, you got to do your statement of intent. You got to write stuff down. You got to stay, you got to remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing because you're going to get derailed. Um, and when you get derailed is when you need to revisit these things. So, the making up money is kind of the same thing as the feeding the future. It's like we sit down at the beginning of every month and we plan our month and how we're going to have our money coming in for the month, like what promotions we're going to be doing or what product we're going to be pushing of ours. Or are we going to be holding a sale or whatever it is? We kind of sit down and plan where money's coming from that month. And this is the craziest thing because it happens. I mean, this just this just happened last week, uh, where we thought a big chunk of money was coming in from a specific promo, and uh, I wasn't gonna do this other promo because I was gonna focus on this one promo where we thought most of our money was gonna come in, and uh, I don't know something in my gut told me to do the other one at the same time. They didn't conflict with each other. It was just that, like, uh, one was I was promoting myself as a vendor and the other one I was promoting someone else's product and I wasn't going to promote the other person's product because I wanted to just kind of focus on promoting myself as a vendor. But something in my gut told me, uh, and and so someone was hosting our webinar uh, when I, they were promoting me as a vendor, and something in my gut just told me, you know what, this other product is a really great product. You're going to use this product in your business and it's a great product to, to to tell people about because people struggle with the, you know this one thing that this product did, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to promote it, and and so I did, and it's so the the money that we expected to get from me being a vendor didn't come in at all, and the money that I was expecting to get from the vendor promotion came in from the me promoting as an affiliate. And it happens like every single month we do this, we come up with what our number is going to be for the month and where it's going to come from. And it's so crazy. We always hit the number, but it never comes from what we think it's going to come from. It's the craziest thing. So sometimes I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say never because there are times when I am right. I shouldn't say never because that's not true. There are times when I'm right and it does come from where I think it's going to come from. But more often than not, it does not come from where I think it's going to come from. It comes from something that I did. Like I planned on making the money and I planned on where it was going to come from. But then something comes out of left field like last week that I didn't plan on at all. I didn't even have it on my horizon. We never even wrote down that we were promoting it. We didn't even know about it. And I got pinged by the guy and I knew that he was a great product creator and I loved what I saw from what he showed me. And something in my gut said, dude, run with this. And I'm glad that I did because it was all the cash that we planned on making from the promotion as being a vendor for our own stuff 
came in from that's, the other and it it didn't come cool. in from that. Yet it happens so much it's kind of perplexing because at the end of the at the be, at the end of the month beginning of the next month when we look back at the month it happens so often and I'm just like I'm so happy that we sit down and we plan the making up money because if we didn't do that like it it would I don't know what would happen like I, I guess it would just come from wherever it comes from. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's interesting, though, Anthony, when you talk about that, though, and and I think that's so important what you and your wife do. I think that's awesome, I, dude. I hate doing it. I, I used to hate doing yeah. it. I, I still kind of do sometimes. It's like a pain in the ass, but because she started calling it making up money, it's kind of like it makes it fun. Like, yeah. okay, yeah, let's go make up some money. How are we going to make up money this month? You know what would be interesting though would be to set that intention, like you said, right? We want to make X amount, and then. Just go about doing your projects instead of trying to, to do the roadmap. Because I, I, this is one thing I wonder sometimes is sometimes we limit ourselves because, you know, we have so much potential. And sometimes we put down a number or we say we want something coming from, like you said, all right, this part of my business, I want to generate this amount. Yep. Well, if you really stuck to that, you could have closed yourself off from that promoting that right. other opportunity, yeah. which would have not helped you achieve your goal. For sure. Sometimes you get too detailed on what you want sure. that can eliminate you from other opportunities. So I like how you set that, but yet you keep that flexibility open yeah. to say, hey, you know what? This sounds really good. I'm going to investigate this. It's something I can use. You can get behind and believe, and it still gets you to your intention that you set, but it's not the clear path that you had laid out. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I love so that. Important. Yep. So important. Listen, I got a, another question here I want to ask. I got a few here. I want to get into some marketing stuff. But before I do that, I got a couple couple questions I want to ask you here. And um, let's see here. One of them that I want to ask is, what is your biggest business regret and what did you learn from it? Um. Uh... Could be an opportunity that you chose not to take, or whatever it may be. But what what was your biggest business regret, and what did you learn? Um, I think one of my biggest business regrets was not uh, not like sticking. I should have stuck with real estate even after everything had blown up. I should have like uh, I I should have. It's it's hard to say. At the time, I felt like it was a business, a big business regret, but now I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about just looking back now with all your experience, the different things you've done. Is there something? Maybe you don't have one, but I mean, is there something that sticks out? Like, man, I wish I would have uh, partnered with this person, or I wish I would have kept pursuing this project that I had and I let it go too quick. Or, I think, I think, I think I probably, I, I feel like. I mean, no, because it's like everything has, it's like all the crazy stuff that has happened and all the decisions that I've made have led me to where I am today. And I'm kind of, ha- I'm, I'm not kind of, I'm very happy with where I am today. And That's I'm happy awesome. in the direction. But let's change it then. Let's yeah, change it. What, what's what's the, the best piece of advice that you could give to these listeners about business that you've learned in the past 22 years? What, what are a couple, two key, three key things that you could say, hey, if you guys implement this in your life and your business, you're going to make head grounds. This is what I've learned over these 22 plus years that would be very important to apply. Perfection is an illusion. It's just <laughs> I a, love it. Just a fancy word for procrastination. I'm a recovering perfectionist, bud. <laughs> um, 
you know, like you definitely need to like um, the, the millionaire, the, 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 the think and grow rich principles are absolutely like a foundation for taking you to where you want to go. And, and I've modernized them. Um, I, I created um, a training called the Millionaire's Secrets and I've like modernized them and uh, you can have them for free. But the thing is like you, those principles, those secrets are like critical to – you achieving success. It's like, five, think about this. 500 millionaires can't be wrong. There was no internet. They barely anybody had a phone back then. It's not like these people colluded and got together and said, oh yeah, tell Napoleon Hill these, that these 13 things are, are what made me successful, you know? So 500 millionaires cannot be wrong. It, well, it, the other thing too, Anthony, is you validated it in the present time. Yeah. I mean, the book was written, what, 1920s? Yeah, it's, it's, ever, it's evergreen. It's, it's, yeah. So you've proved that those principles still work and, and create success. Yeah. Now, you know, it's funny. I didn't hear about any of it until 2008. I was not aware of the book. Really? I, no one told me about the book until 2008 after I lost everything. And so I like, um, to me, the, these things were pinnacle for me. They like changed so many things that I didn't know of. Or, I mean, I, I kind of knew about some of the things that in the book after reading it, but I wasn't as enlightened or as aware of the perspectives that were brought out in the book. You know, um, and I still, I'm on like my 15th or 16th time reading the dang thing. I'm, I'm reading it again and I always get something new out of it. It's so crazy. I highly, that's another big tip is I would say read, like if you find something that you really resonate with some sort of a book or some sort of a training, you gotta go through it more than once, twice, three, four five times, because you're going to get so much out of it if you do. You know, I believe in our life, we're, we only accept certain things that we want to accept at a certain time because it's what we're only willing to accept at that specific time. And so when you go back and listen to something and you're at a totally different awareness level or things aren't where they were before, you're at a different level in life, you're going to get so much out of something that you kind of already know about that maybe helped propel you to where you presently are. If you go and revisit it and re-engage, it's incredible what you'll get out of it because you're not in the same mindset that you were when you were first listening to it. So definitely go back and listen to stuff. But uh, I would say that the the those principles in there are great and, and you all can have them for free. I don't know if you mind me sharing the link, Brian. No, go right ahead. We're going to put it in the show notes. So share that link, please. Awesome. Just go to millionaires. It's plural millionaires, uh, secrets.com and you can download them for free and you can go through them every day. You'll get one of them for over a 13 day period. And, um, like make, like make those secrets, like your main go-to thing. um, because it's all about like what you'll realize is the tactics and the strategies and the methods, they're all out there, but it's like, you got to get your mind right. And, and you, the, the perfection, the, the perfectionist thing just, it doesn't exist. It's like, you can't plan, like you can plan for success, but you can only plan so much. Like, I mean, did, 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 did you guys like, if you ever heard that song, for the first time, Gangnam Style. Did the, before it had hit a billion views? Did you ever really <laughs> think that song was going to hit a billion views? I mean, you can't you, you can't plan for that stuff, you know. Like, like, I mean, obviously he had a vision, he had a plan, he executed on it, but he, 
you know, whatever happened to get him to the first video to hit a billion views on YouTube, I don't think he planned on it hitting a billion views, right? It's like the the, the taking of action, the things show up that you need as you're taking the action, the things that you don't plan for. It's like you said, you know, when you get punched in the face, what was it that you said? Yeah, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. And so like you can only plan so much until you get punched in the face and then you got to you know, course correct. And it's okay. Like that's what you're going to discover. It's like, those are the moments when you discover your amazingness. You're, you talked about your true potential, Brian. That's when you realize your true potential and beyond your true potential. And it's magical. And it's crazy how many people don't want to experience that because of fear. And so we got to learn how to just do what Brian said and redirect redirect that energy so that it propels you instead of paralyzes you so that you can discover your magic because it's so awesome. It's like the zone is such a great place to be in. Um, So that's, I would say that's the biggest thing, you know, avoid trying to be a perfectionist, get your head around the 13 millionaires secrets and, um, and, 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 and just roll, just go, just go because you're going to get to where you want to go way faster. If you just go guys, if you can hear the passion in Anthony's voice, I mean, he's, this guy has achieved it, man. You should see the, he's got a beautiful wife, beautiful daughter. He's got a awesome freaking car. That's just you know, I will be adding more to the collection. Yeah, it's it's sweet, man. <laughs> I will and be adding more to the collection. He's living the life and he's happy, but he's generous. He gives so much value, guys. And and I'm telling you, I'm not saying this because he's a guest on the show. Uh, I I had the pleasure of um, talking with Anthony on a like a 30 minute consultation some years ago, and. I was telling him what I was doing. It went over 30 minutes. He was generous. He was engaged. He gave me some great advice and he even shared with me a link to something that he had to help me out. And I mean, it was just something I didn't even have to ask for. He just was like, man, this is something that can help you. And I want, I want to give this to you. So you need to follow him. I'm sure a lot of you, if you're in internet marketing, you know, this guy, you know, his reputation. If you don't, then you need to dive deep into him Go to anthonyaries.com, go to Millionaire's Mind, or I'm sorry, Millionaire's Secrets with an S. And like I said, this will all be in the show notes, guys. Go there, check it out, subscribe. I'm on that list of getting those 13 secrets. I've done it myself, so I'm not telling you anything I haven't done, but it's going to help you so much. And what Anthony just shared now about fears and stuff, this, this leads perfectly into my question, bud. What are you currently doing right now that scares you? And is making you stretch. Hmm. Well, we're we're pivoting our whole business and how we acquire our customers. Uh, so we acquired most of our customers over the last couple of years by doing product launches and joint ventures with other product creators. Isn't and, that exhausting? Uh, and also, what our webinars uh, would would be uh, on the back end of product launches. And so we're like completely refocusing how we acquire customers and uh, rebranding and resurfacing my brand and and uh, going way more gung ho on social media than I should. I, sh- I, I uh, you know what? That's probably one of my biggest regrets. You know, you talk about regrets. I should have pushed forward with social media. I knew about it. 
in 2007 and 2008. I saw it. I was there and I thought it was a huge freaking waste of time. <laughs> so that's probably one of my biggest regrets. Now I see the power of it. And now we're, it's very uncharted, uncomfortable for me because I don't understand it as much as I do SEO. I grew up with SEO. Like, you know, my first introduction to the internet was through SEO and I just get SEO because of how my brain works. And, you know, it was the first thing that came in into my brain about how to get leads. And so it was all new to me, um, you know, social media. I, I mean, I kind of get it, but not as good as I do SEO. So it's like I have to like relearn all this stuff and relearn it. I have to learn Instagram and I got to learn Snapchat. I got to learn all this stuff that I don't know. It's very uncomfortable for me. And I also am going to be uh, – we were really hot and heavy into blogging in the real estate niche when we had our real estate product. And then I sold that whole brand and I sold all those blogs and I got into the product launch scene and I blogged a little bit, but not as much as I did uh, before. And so we're going to focus hardcore on that again. Uh, and we're going to focus a lot more on paid advertising than we have because we haven't had to, because most of our traffic has been coming in from joint ventures and, product launches. And so we've decided that like for us to really scale and for us to help the masses and reach the masses. And that really is, is my ultimate priority because the money comes, the money will come the more people you help. The more people you help become successful and achieve their dreams, the more money you're going to make because you become a money magnet when you teach other people how to become money magnets. And so it just flows up. And the reason I want to help a lot of people become money magnets is because I want other people to contribute to society. I want other people to contribute to their charities of choice. Because once you're rolling in it and you have everything you want, the next thing that is help other people, right? And so we love helping kids. Uh, we we uh, we donate a lot of money to kids who need help who have been displaced from homes with parents that got arrested for drug abuse or drug use or um uh, uh, sell, soliciting of drugs, selling of drugs. Um, we want to also start helping mothers that uh, have to go into the int intensive care unit after they have their babies because that's something we experienced and it was a really tough time when we were in the ICU with our kid and they're just not mothers aren't prepared for that and so we want to create we want to like get go bags for them so that they have everything that they need when they're in the ICU with their kiddos and. So like I want other people – like I know like you know if, if someone right now listening to this doesn't have the money that they desire in their lives, they're, the farthest thing probably from their mind is, is charity. But I, I'm telling you if you're listening to this, when you do become successful, it will be what you want to do because nothing will make you feel better than being able to give and to other people who need it. It's just such an incredible feeling. Like we just had, we just gave to a mother who needed it and it was just so awesome. It felt better than making any amount of money in the world. It was felt awesome. I mean, especially because I have money, it feels even better, right? Like I have money and I have money to give and it feels great. And we lost a member inside one of our uh, products. The, the, the Someone died unexpectedly and he had a daughter who had autism and we just, you know, donated a, a, a bunch of money to them and it felt great. Like he was a good guy. I knew the guy and his wife and daughter are going through a tough time right now. They just lost their dad. And it, it, I know money isn't going to solve their problems, but it's going to help them, you know, and it, it's going to help them for a little bit. And it felt good. It feels good to be able to do that. So, so that's why I want to help a lot of people because it, it, if I help people get what they want and have the money that they want, I know that they're, if they're like people that are capable of achieving success, then they're going to be people that 
are going to then be confident in the success that they've achieved in their capabilities. And then they're going to be comfortable with giving money away and helping other people become successful. And and if you think about that, I know it sounds corny, but if you think about people becoming successful and achieving what they desire and then helping other people achieve what they desire and become successful, you know, maybe we get rid of some of these crazy problems we have in the world, like people not having the health that they need, you know, the health benefits that they need and, and people, you know, being underpaid and, it's is crazy. There's so many things that are going on in our world that shouldn't be going on and, and people without food and people without homes and um, with every, like the internet's the great equalizer <laughs> and so many people aren't taking advantage of what they have in front of them. And it's so crazy. It boggles my mind. I don't get it. But what I'm hoping is that I, I can get, I can make people get it right. That's what I'm hoping. And I know it's a lofty goal, but Hey, listen, if I can't help, as many people as I'd like, I'm going to help as many as I, as I can. And you know how we're going to be able to scale and, and reach as many people as I, I envision is with social media. And, 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 and that's where we're at in our business right now. It's doing all these new things that, you know, it's like when you, it's really crazy how complacent you get when you hit a goal that you didn't think you could hit uh, in your business. And you kind of get a little complacent after you hit that goal. And then you get like a little bored and a little out of place and a little bit like it's weird what starts to happen. And so you've got to like now we've got to like stretch and strive to go hit another level, which is the eight figure a year mark. And it's not because I need more money. It's seriously because I'm going to probably give away a big part of that money to people that need help. And then I'm also going to use a big part of that money to reach more people so that more people can become successful and then help other people. Um, so this is kind of how I'm looking at it, you know? So we're, we're putting ourselves in a very uncomfortable situation doing stuff we're not comfortable with, but it's like I said too earlier, like the magic happens when you put, it's like I'm bored being where I'm at right now. So it's like, I have to, cause I, and I know what it's like to be out of the comfort zone and so that's what we're doing right now is putting ourselves out of our comfort zone. And, you know, we spent the last two weeks doing a bunch of stuff on the Millionaire's Secrets brand. We were having this conversation before the call, you and me, Brian. And it's been a, we put a lot of time and money into doing into developing that brand. And we just realized today, actually, my wife and I, that we're going about it all wrong. And we have to go back to the drawing board. And we wasted a ton of time and a ton of money. But it really wasn't a waste. I shouldn't say it was a waste we've realized after investing a lot of time and money that that is not the direction we want to take the brand in. We need to do something different with it than what we thought. And we've got to go back to the drawing board on it. And, and it's okay. Like it's going to happen to you too. (laughs) You know, you can't let it, I'm a little bit frustrated about it. I was a little bit flustered before our call because I was like, ah, it sucks that all that time, that I I could have been doing something else, but it's like, oh, it's okay. Like I, I have to remind myself, it's okay, Anthony. Like you're doing this for the rest of your life. Like this is going to keep happening for the rest of your life. You can't, it's never going to be one shot, one kill. You're going to have one shot, one kills sometimes, but it's not going to be all the time, you know? And it and won't so, be sustainable either. It, yeah. And it won't be sustainable and it's okay. Like the biggest thing for anybody listening to this is like, it's just, just go get out of the comfort zone. It's like, I'm a little bit nervous being in, out of the comfort zone. Cause it's nice to be in my nice comfort zone, but I also don't, I'm, I'm bored out of my mind. You know, like I'm not reaching the people I can reach. I'm not reaching my potential. You know, I know I'm not. So 
it's like, all right, well, for us to do what we want to do and reach the millions of people we want to reach, we're going to have to go bananas with social media like we never have before and do things we've, we've never done with it before that we don't, we're not familiar with. And it's going to be okay because I'll tell you what, when I come out the other end, it's going to be badassery. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And, and that's what I love what you're doing is, like you said, it's you're bored, but you can take your skills and your talents, you can increase it, and you can do so much yes. good. Yeah. And I love what you're doing. So, buddy, I'm here to support you any way I can with the show. I appreciate um, you. Spreading your message because you're doing good, bud. I mean, not just in the make money online or internet marketing, things like that. You're doing good in the community with helping other people and other people that you've been associated with in the industry. So I applaud you on it, man. Not yeah, not everybody you. does that. So Thanks, man. Keep it up, and I'm, I'm here to help you. I want to be respectful for your time. I know we've been running here. I could talk to you all day, bud. We could have uh, you on for two, three, four other shows. But I want to touch on a couple um, uh, marketing things real quick because sure. this is your expertise and stuff. And I know one of the things you talked about with the real estate about blogging and all that stuff, and I'm part of your coaching for that. Um, what do you feel – about blogging. Is that a good way for someone who's starting out who really hasn't generated the income or they're just beginning as a good way to start online? Yes. Ultimate, ultimate way to start. Uh, the ultimate. You heard yeah, it, the and, ultimate. And, you know, I just launched this new training that you're a part of and I hesitated for so long because I didn't think it was sexy enough for people to want to do it or buy it. And it was crazy thought. I should have started it when I wanted to a year ago. Because at the end of the day, it is like the most important thing that you can do for your business because it is your marketing platform. It is like your company's voice. It is like where everything should go that you are doing. It's like your newspaper. You know, when I first heard about this back in 2009 from Perry Belcher, he had said, you know, your blog is like your newspaper. It's where you archive everything. And then like... Your 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 TV station is is your YouTube channel, right? And you archive your YouTube your videos, your TV station. You archive it in your newspaper, and your radio station is it, where you have your sound bites is Twitter, and you archive you can archive your tweets on your blog. You can connect them, right? Your blog and your WordPress, and then you have your radio show on your podcasts, right? And you can archive those in your blog. So. Everything just comes back to your blog. Facebook is your scrapbook. Instagram is your scrapbook with your lifestyle stuff and everything that's got going on in your life. And you, you, you can archive that on your blog as well. And, you know, that everything should come back to your blog. So if someone watches one of your videos on YouTube or they listen to your radio show on your podcast or they pick up one of your sound bites from Twitter and there just takes one person to, to read one tweet or watch one video or see some picture that you put it post on Facebook of having a great time to be like, who is this person and how are they doing what they're doing? And then they go back to your blog and they see all this amazingness that you have on there. And also, you know, you should post knowledge of, you know, content that reflects your knowledge on your blog and they see all this stuff and they see who you are and it's going to do all the selling and positioning for you before you ever ask anybody to buy anything and it just makes it just warms people up to you before they whip out their wallet and buy from you so yes it is the ultimate way no matter what you're doing affiliate marketing selling a product selling a service you need a blog everybody needs a blog it's how you can position your authority it's how you can 
warm people up to do business with you. It's how you can get customer feedback through the comments. It's how you can um, articulate your your brand, uh, your message, your mission statement. And it's how you can archive all of your content assets. Everything can be there, you know, like people may not be able to find all of, you know, YouTube can be, you can go, I can go watch someone's YouTube video, but then I may not know how to find, if I am not like YouTube, um, prolific, uh, not YouTube prolific, uh, YouTube, um, savvy. Yeah. YouTube savvy. I, I, how am I going to find other videos that this guy put out? Like, I don't know where his other videos are. Sometimes they don't show up under the related section. Sometimes people don't know to click the link under the video to bring them to all the videos on the channel, you know? So if they go and they see this video and then they're like, oh, well, let me search this person on Google. And then your blog comes up and then they see all this other amazing, these other amazing content assets that you have. They're just going to fall in love with with you without you having to ever, uh, you know, ask them for anything. They did it themselves. And the most important reason is because your blog never calls in sick. It's working for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's always delivering your message consistently, like with the same amount of passion that you put into your content, it's going to deliver that same amount of passion consistently over and over again and again. Definitely. And I know that blogging sounds boring. It's not the, it's not the, doesn't sound like the most exciting, shiny object thing in the world, but it is paramount. Like it is like the core of everything that you do on the internet. You need it. It's your main marketing platform, period. End of story. Yeah, but pretty adamant rather, about it. Yeah, exactly. You, you're passionate about it. And I know, and you got a lot of great knowledge in it. And that's why I'm, I love being part of the group and the Facebook group. There's a lot of good people in there. But the thing is, you know, what do you want to do? Look sexy and broke, or do you want to do something that's not as glamorous but's going to be a sustainable business for you exactly. and create the lifestyle and take care of your family? Come on, exactly, exactly. And blogging has a compound effect, right? Like, and in, in, I've shared this with you. Uh, HubSpot did a study on their own blog. HubSpot is a big uh, uh, SEO company, and they also provide local services. They provide marketing services to local businesses and businesses in general. And they did a study on their own blog that. You know, they they show this graph. It's a crazy, it's just mind-blowing. The compounding effect that their blog posts have after a year, you know, they the, the the on the graph, it shows, and it's hard to, you know, visualize it, I'm sure, because we're talking about it, but it shows on the graph that the blog posts that they did that month only brought in a little bit of leads and traffic that month. The rest of the leads that came in from that month, the majority of the leads that came in, I shouldn't say the rest, the majority of the leads that came in for that month came in from previous blog posts. And you see this crazy, it's just this just incredible level of growth from month one to month 12. And as the months progress, more and more and more of the traffic and leads that are coming in by month 12 are all coming in from the work that they did months ago. And it's all passive. It's all passive. It's just so powerful. People want to get on the internet to have a passive business. Blogging is the ultimate method to having a passive business. So wouldn't you say the key then would be to get started Mm -hmm. and be consistent Mm -hmm. and keep posting? Yeah. Because as time goes, it's going to build. It's going to be evergreen. It's going to be out there. It's going to get more eyeballs on it. And it's just going to grow from there. It's a a paradoxical business method because 
it's it's funny because it's um, harder in the beginning. Um, it's harder to do it. It's hard to do in the beginning, but then the more you do it, the more you make with less work later. And it's paradoxical. It doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, I'm going to make more money and do less work later. <laughs> you have to do a lot of the work in the beginning, but, but it like, pays it's, off. It's worth it because later on, it, it it's gonna you're gonna make more and it's more passive. So you just have to know that that's coming. Sweet. All right, buddy. How can people connect with you online? What's the best place to go? What social media? Uh, I would say the best place to go is Anthony A I R E S dot com. So like Air A I R and then E S dot com. Anthony Aries dot com. That's the best place. Uh, all of our social media and stuff. Everything. Everything is 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 on that is on that blog of how to find what we do and look at all of our products and get a bunch of freebies from us and jump on our workshops and uh, look at some of my blog posts. I had someone write me in the other day and this happens all the time. Someone wrote me in the other day. They're like, I can't believe the amazing free information you give on your blog. It's crazy. And they're like, I just, the guy's like, I sat there for hours and hours reading all your blog posts and I got like, an unbelievable education in internet marketing and I didn't know anything about internet marketing. And now I, I bought a couple of your products because I felt confident that knowing that you were going to deliver even more knowledge to me. And it was like pretty cool to hear that. And Oh, and, that's uh, awesome to hear. Yeah, that's that's a great he, testimonial there. Yeah. And he found me by accident online, you know, through a blog post. <laughs> oh, was it a blog post that you did like months and months and months ago? Yeah. 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 <laughs> or maybe even years. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know which one it was. Um, he said it was uh, an older blog post. It was a blog post about Pinterest uh, that he found me on, and uh, and then he bought a couple of my courses because he read. He started. He read that blog post, and he's like, "Dude, I just dug into your blog and started reading them." He's like, "Next thing you know, it's like three hours later. I've I've got all this knowledge, and I'm excited, and I want to do something." And I bought a couple of your products, and it was kind of cool. Like I didn't, you know, it's just like I guess that's the point of it, right? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's the best place to go. Is is you know, and I'm not sending you there to buy anything. I'm just sending you there if you want to like get a lot of really great resources and great free info. You'll learn a ton over there. That's awesome. Appreciate it, bud. Hey, yeah, I want to thank you for coming on the show, taking the time, and I want to thank you for, like I said, being one of the good guys in the industry. Thank you, bro. Uh, it pays yeah, off no. to be good. It's it, worth it does, it. man. Good There's guys no, can finish, and it's not yeah. ha- doesn't have to be last. Yeah. There's no point in like trying to like be a scoundrel, like. You're not going to get far. <laughs> like people, I don't understand why people try to do that. Like they try to like get, get one over on, on people. You're not going to get far. <laughs> like, no, you, you short lived business that way, man. You're in it. Yeah. The word, word gets out pretty quick on the internet. Number one. And number two, it's like the more value you give. And I don't know why people have a hard time with this. They don't understand. I, I think people have a hard time maybe understanding what the word value means or they have a hard time getting what that means. I don't know why they, you know, why people struggle with that. Uh, maybe I struggled with it too. And I just don't remember, but you know, value is just, it's just giving like giving what people need without like expecting anything in return. And, um, the money comes because you can't give everybody what you need for, you can't give everybody what they need for free. It's impossible. Like, and even if you do give them like really good stuff for free, they're going to want more from you anyways, because, there's like the reciprocity thing that goes on with it. And I don't know, people really have a hard time. Everyone's tuned in to WIIFM, what's in it for me. But it's like, 
the, the minute you stop being about what's in it for me and you start being about what's in it for your customer and the success of your customer and giving people what they need to become successful, when they achieve that success, they're going to remember that you were a part of that and they're going to want to either a buy more from you at a higher at a at a more expensive um like if you give someone something for free and they go and take action on it and it works uh they're going to come back and spend more money with you period definitely so no, it's you like you have to worry about that part yeah and so it's like it's a little bit hard to maybe understand that uh at first because some people are like well, how am i, am I, how, I only got one thing to give how am i going to give <laughs> how am i going to give give the one thing away i got for free I, you know there's think outside the box is all i can tell you like you, you figure it out you you'll find a way to to do to give away you maybe you don't have to give away the one thing you have for free but maybe you can elaborate on the thing that you have that you want to sell and, and come up with some things that you can give for free f- that warm people up to buy that thing, right? There's, I mean, th- you're not the, the first person in the world that, that has that problem. <laughs> so no. uh, we, we could do a whole other training on, on that. And so I don't want to get into it. But but my point is, you know, like figure it out. Like think outside the box, you know, like you're not the only one that has this problem, right? So go and try to figure out how to overcome this problem of of, of giving value for free to get people into your, into, into your funnel to, to know, like, and trust you so that they buy from you. Um, and, and, and you'll, you'll do okay. Like, 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 like people need to stop being selfish. Like I, I get really upset about how many selfish people there are. It's like, just, you know, you said you're a good guy and, and I give a lot of value and, 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 and I hear that all the time. And, and, and so many people tell me like, you know, dude, you're like one of the most ethical dudes in internet marketing and, it's like it's crazy to hear that because it's like shouldn't everybody be ethical? <laughs> like I know it should be a standard, but it's not. It should be, I know, and it's not, and it's crazy. Um, but it, 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 you know, we, we, it's not hard to do either. You know, so I mean, there are definitely times in my business where I'm like, I question if I'm doing what I'm doing is ethical or not, and it sometimes it's hard to know. Like, you know, lines do get blurred. But I'll tell you what, if I do make a mistake and something is not ethical in someone else's eyes, but maybe I thought it wasn't mine at the time. I'll be the first person to eat crow. I got no problem eating crow. It's a fantastic dinner. I'm okay (laughs) with it. It doesn't bother me. I'll apologize. I got no problems, you know, admitting my mistakes. I am human. I mean, we all make mistakes. And it's like anybody listening to this that's ready to cast the stone at somebody else, just think about yourself. Like, you know, it's so funny how many people sit in an audience and are critical of the person that are on stage speaking, but how many people in that audience have gotten on stage and spoke, but they're so critical. How, how many That's people a great are, uh, poem. Remember that great poem by uh, Theodore Roosevelt, the man in the arena? No, no. I, 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 I need to oh, I'll have to share that with you later. Uh, yeah. Brene Brown talks about it in her speech about vulnerability and stuff. And it's a great just speech thing that he had but it's about judging people and if you're not in the arena and i'll send it to you it's cool yeah it's crazy like people criticize dude it's so funny book critics the the, most of them have never written a book like it it cracks me up man Um, or food critics or yeah yeah exactly and so it's just like you know be considerate of other people like the world would be so much better if people were just a little more considerate they gave a little more value they were a little bit more unselfish 
you don't like, I know it's maybe hard to have faith in believing that it's going to pay off, but I'm telling you, it comes back tenfold. It may not come back as fast as you want it to. I mean, we do live in an on-demand world with texting and email and, um, you know, uh, FaceTime, but I'm telling you right now, if you give value, you will get 10 times more in one way or another at some point. It may not be as fast as you want or how you expect it, but it does come back. It always comes back. Um, so just believe, just believe, just, just do good unto others. You know, what's that yeah. adage? Do good unto others as you want done, do, do to others as you want done to yourself. I mean, it's exactly. If you can live by that little golden And you're doing that, dude. You're doing that right now. Look at all the time that you've taken out to coordinate this show and put this together, right? So you're a man of value. You get the concept, right? So so anyone here who's who's having a hard time understanding value, look at what Brian has done with this show, right? Look at all the value he's providing. It takes a lot of work to coordinate all these interviews with all these people and you know, uh, record all this and render it and put it on the blog and then pull out all the good stuff and make it easy for you to consume. Look at all the value he's giving to you without expecting you to get anything from him, right? Um, the Millionaire's Secrets. That took me a long time to create those videos and the PowerPoint slides for them. And I'm giving them away completely for free without expecting anything from anybody, right? So there's giving value right there. These are the kinds of things you got to do to make it big. You know, if, if, if you're not willing to do them, just give up right now and go, go get a job. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect closing words. Succinct. And uh, he, right there, Anthony just shared another key thing. So guys and girls, Thanks again for tuning into the show. I appreciate you guys listening. Anthony shared so many good things. Please go back, re-listen to this. If you didn't have a pen and paper and took notes on this, re-listen to this. And as Anthony says, if something you're getting value out, don't listen to it just once. Listen to it multiple times. Um, this show is easy. You can get it on iTunes. You can go to the website. You don't have to watch it, so it's simple. You can be working out. You can be doing business. You can be doing dishes, whatever it is, but you can listen to this over and over. And I'm sure each time you're going to pull something different out, something that you didn't hear first time that Anthony shared, that's going to be an aha moment for you. But dive in deep into them, guys. I'm going to have links in the show notes. You can follow him. Please do. You're going to learn so much stuff. I have. And Anthony, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate you, brother. And guys, until next time, I wish you guys all a brilliant life. Later, everybody. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm In button below this podcast. Each week, I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care, and I wish you a brilliant life.